Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. Tuesday marked one year since the United States pulled troops from Afghanistan, ending a 20-year war. On Monday, President Joe Biden called leaders of two volunteer organizations who have helped Afghan allies leave the country and relocate to the United States. One of those organizations was Afghan EVAC, which was founded here in San Diego by veteran humanitarian Sean Van Diver. All right. Well, Sean, hey, thank you for joining me. Congratulations again on your call with President Biden. Uh, what did he have to say? Uh, look, the president called and he opened by saying uh, that he wanted to make it really clear that uh, the United States has a commitment to Afghan allies. Uh, he wanted to say, I mean, actually, he opened by saying uh, the very first thing he said is that he's really jealous that I live in San Diego and he doesn't. <laughs> and he uh, and that he it, it is like the best place. He's got you know family here. And um, and uh, he also uh, we talked a lot. There was a little bit of banter back and forth. I said, uh, you know, I, I said, oh, we should get a beer and talk about that. And he said, well, I'm the first you know, I'm the only Irishman, that you know, that doesn't drink. I said, how about ice cream? My baby loves ice cream. And we had talked about my kids before. And he agreed. He agreed to get ice cream with my baby. So that's good. We're going to try to turn that into an ice cream social for all the uh, Afghan evac involved kids, uh, oh. you know, with the families with kids. And then and then a smattering of uh, hopefully a bunch of Afghan families. We'll see if it works out. I would like for it to. So then the, when we got into the meat of the discussion, it was 23 minutes long. And we talked a lot about uh, he opened with his commitment to Afghan allies. And said uh, he's you know very grateful to Afghan Evac the coalition, um, and and gave us a lot of credit for the successes thus far. Um, I think tomorrow morning uh, there will likely be some some more news uh, about a long term plan, and I think they'll uh, they they've you know that we've been working on with the White House for several months now, and uh, so we're really proud that that's coming. And he talked about uh, that this is going to be an enduring commitment. Uh, an enduring commitment to welcome uh, these Afghan allies who stood with us for so long. And, uh, you know, he also empathized. He said that there's, you know, he knows that it's been a really painful year for Afghans all across the country and around the world and, and for volunteers and anybody who's been involved in this. And, you know, we had a discussion about how, um, how tough it was for uh, everybody in the ecosystem who uh, listened to the State of the Union and didn't hear him mention Afghanistan or, um, or uh, you know, the, the withdrawal or, you know, any of the service that the more than 1 million Americans who've deployed there over the last 20 years. Um, he empathized with that. We talked at length about um, the, the great danger that many of these folks are in and the human rights violations that they're experiencing, particularly women and girls. He expressed a lot of concern for women and girls. And, uh, and you know, I... When um, when it was my turn to speak, I I you know thanked him for his personal attention. Um, I said it has been a really hard year, Mr. President, and and talked about folks having you know feeling left behind and forgotten. And you know I was also very uh, complimentary about the innovative approach that the administration has taken to working with a volunteer group and. You know, talked a lot about all the various successes we've enjoyed. Um, and, and then I made some asks uh, related to public acknowledgement for everybody, not just our volunteer group, but a kind of of the, the ecosystem. I asked for him to 
from his podium really drive on the need for Americans to welcome Afghans? And then the big issue that we still see regarding relocation is capacity. We need to see more sites, more processing sites opened up, and we, we need to see uh, more funding for the various departments and agencies that are dealing with it on this side. We need to see uh, uh, a real focus on, on housing costs. Uh, and, and, you know, he, we, we, we had some more back and forth. And then at the end of the call, he thanked me for my conscience, thanked Afghan Evac for all the work that we've done, uh, told us how important it is and that, that the successes that the U.S. Has, has enjoyed on this wouldn't have been possible without us. And that's, you know, what we've heard from the Secretary of State and, and others. So I'm really grateful to the more than 200 organizations across the coalition who are the reason why we're successful. Yeah, it's a huge honor. Um, well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but part of the reason that Afghan EVACT and other groups like Honor the Promise formed is because um, the government response wasn't necessarily adequate at the time. It sounds like there's news on the horizon, but has have they improved on this issue? You know, they really have. Um, obviously, we always want more and faster. Uh, but look, the reality is, is that the Biden administration is moving at relatively light speed uh, compared to how policy change happens generally. Um, and especially on a sticky issue that is immigration related um, and is and could be a political football, we've managed to be able to keep this bipartisan, nonpartisan. Uh, we've got the Afghan Adjustment Act introduced in a bipartisan bicameral way uh, just in just a few uh, weeks ago. And we're hopeful to see it pass either in the, the continuing resolution or the non uh, the, the National Defense Authorization Act or NDAA that's coming up soon. Um, and look, we're, I mean, refugee processing is happening in about 30 days at the primary processing site. And in the, um, in this, you know, what we expect to see down the road is that the administration will lean into the lessons that they've learned through that and uh, dr drastically speed up refugee processing at sites all over the world. And that's a massive win that impacts all refugee and immigrant communities. Um, well, Afghan EVAC has been around for more than a year now. You've accomplished a lot in that time. Uh, you know, looking back, what are some of the highlights? What have you been able to do? Well, in partnership with our, with our friends at Globally, uh, we've been able to distribute more than $1.5 million in microgrants to newly arriving families. That money has since run out, but it, it was lauded by many Afghans as one of the things that um, one of the things that provided the most impact. Um, we've uh, we've been able to change national policy. We've gotten treasury licenses issued. We've gotten this new long-term plan that'll be coming out shortly. We've gotten one thing that I will say is probably the most important is that we've provided real, meaningful, uh, transparent communication to Afghans here in the US and around the world about what, about these complex issues, our complex immigration system and the various things that are going on that the US government can do. We've, we've done all these different infographics. We've built a system called TRAIN, Tools and Resources for Afghans in Need that's available on our website, which helps people navigate to the tools they need. Um, and we built a secure universal case management system. Uh, you know, I could I could list tons and tons of accomplishments, but what is important is that we, because we were able to place two full-time employees at the State Department, 
uh, and help build the system for relocation. Uh, we had a direct impact on the more than 10,000 people that have left since August or since September of last year. And tens of thousands, uh, our coalition members helped get out from August 15th to August 31st. We're so proud of all that we've accomplished and we couldn't have done it without uh, you know, the cross section of America that makes up our coalition from the squad to the Freedom Caucus, veterans, frontline civilians, everyday Americans. We also couldn't have done it without the incredible government employees that are you know, getting their asses kicked all day, every day, uh, trying to do this work with, uh, with the tools that they have and the policy under, you know, under the, 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 in the, within the bounds of the policy that exists. Um, and then also there's a, a massive group of congressional caseworkers that we've been involved with that have been just absolutely rock solid. And, uh, and journalists, right? Journalists keeping this front of mind for America. Uh, this whole of America approach, uh, which the president credited us with, he credited uh, Afghan Evac for bringing that whole of America approach and, and it, it's worked. That's why it's worked because it's not a Republican thing. It's not a Democrat thing. It's an American thing. And, and look, you can see it. You can see how much people care uh, because just this week and last week, the city of San Diego, the county of San Diego and the convention center lit up their civic infrastructure in blue for the American flag, green for the Afghan flag and red for, the, for both flags. Uh, that signifies the special relationship between Afghans and Americans. And they did it to honor one on the 25th. They honored all those we lost at the Abigail bombing. 130 Afghans and 13 Americans who spilled blood together as a result of a terrorist uh, bombing. And then last night, all that civic infrastructure was lit up again uh, to, to honor the withdrawal. Everybody that was impacted by it. And on both days we did, uh, I showed up with a, you know, a, a few dozen Afghans uh, to talk with them about what was going on, to answer questions, to make sure that they had the information that I had, uh, because the least we owe them is clear communication. So we're very proud of the accomplishments that we've had, but it's still not enough. Can you tell me more about uh, the Afghan ally population here in San Diego? How many people have you helped to relocate and, and how are they doing now? Sure. So Afghan EVAC really focuses on the on the relocation to the U.S. side. So, uh, but what we know is roughly 3,000 Afghans have come here since last August. And look, all over the country, most of the burden falls on Afghan communities. So we're really hopeful that that can change soon because these folks stood with us for decades, or for two decades. And the least that we can do is every American could do something to welcome these folks in. Um, and that means showing up. That means showing up at the Afghan Community Center. It means showing up at Afghan restaurants, which are run by all these, by a bunch of these folks, right? Showing up at Afghan stores. Um, right now, the Afghan community in San Diego needs space for a mosque. And we've got to figure that out. Um, they need help with housing. They need uh, an extension on the ASIP program. The Afghan, can't remember the rest of it, but it's, it's the program that provides funding for hotels and, and housing. Um, they need uh, they need help navigating uh, reunifying their families, uh, and and they need help integrating into uh, into San Diego, right? They need funding for those programs, and a lot of that is just people showing up and hearing what hearing what matters to them. 
And I got I got to give some credit to council members uh, Campillo and Marnie von Wilpert, who have shown up over and over and over to Afghan community events to to showed up to just small meetings with me to hear from Afghans about what mattered to them. Councilmember Campillo actually uh, is married to a woman who speaks Farsi, and he uh, he busted out some Farsi in a meeting the other day, and it was shocking, and it was so good, and it and the Afghans really appreciated that. Um, and I got to give credit to Nathan Fletcher and Todd Gloria, who um, who have lit their civic infrastructure and who have uh, showed up to things as well. Uh, and then finally, Congressman Scott Peters, who is a co-sponsor of the Afghan Adjustment Act, an original co-sponsor, has been right by my side this entire time helping, asking me what it is that we need. And it's just been absolutely incredible. Uh, and the same goes for Congress members Vargas and Levin and Jacobs, who have all been uh, really just absolutely wonderful. So San Diego has shown up in just remarkable ways. Uh, that's amazing to hear. So it sounds like you you definitely have your work cut out for you. Afghan EVAC has its work cut out for it. Um, but, you know, what sort of is next for the organization? And does this project have an end date? Will the work ever be done? Uh, sure. So Afghan EVAC stood up to respond to an emergency, right? Like the, we, I don't get paid to do this. We don't have any paid staff. There's no intention for that to happen. Um, but there are longstanding organizations who deal with all of this. So what what, I, what I'd say is we're going to continue our engagement with the federal government and continue lifting up the voices of Afghans and making sure that the needs that they have are, are, are heard. But what we need is the organizations that do this for a living to, to continue to step up, and they are. Um, and so while well, I'd say there's no end date, um, we, do, we have a focus on sustainability. That's why we put so much information on our website. Uh, we want to make sure that this is something that we can continue doing um, just as our civic duty, just as our civic engagement. And, uh, and, and that means that, um, you know, meetings will hopefully slow down. That means that um, once we kind of accomplish the Afghan Adjustment Act and this long-term plan, those are kind of two of the big things that we set out to accomplish. Um, but it, as I think about like the, the kind of the cleanup, what else needs to happen? It's, it's, you know, we're hopeful to see refunds for humanitarian parole fees. You know, the 123 applications have been approved, uh, but thousands, uh, you know, millions of dollars have gone to DHS for processing those, and they, many of them stay unprocessed. Uh, we're hopeful to see capacity increase. We're hopeful to see uh, Americans focus their attention on welcoming Afghans and other people in need. And, uh, and we're, we're hopeful to see some sort of mechanism uh, set out for funding sustainment on the ground for those folks who can't quite leave Afghanistan yet, but need are, are particularly at risk and need a helping hand. Um, some of those issues are st sticky legally, so, uh, and, and policy takes time, but yeah, like, look, this was meant to be an emergency. This is not meant to be a nonprofit that exists to perpetuate its own existence. Um, so we, um, we definitely want to, you know, always be an alumni group, uh, and, and we're not going to stop, uh, just yet, but we definitely want to keep sustainability in mind and, and keep in mind that there are folks that do this for a living and have done it for years and years and years, and we're not trying to replace those folks. Uh, well, Sean Van Diver, thanks so much for this information and thanks for the work you've done. Thanks, Christine. Thank you for highlighting this. As always, it's a pleasure to chat with you.